Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Film Nerd Tower. I don't know why I did that. I just felt like doing it. Yeah, I don't know why either. I also started the show without me being freaking ready, but that's fine. I'm kidding. He knows. I'm just joking, guys. Hi, guys. It's me, Nathan. And I am Noah Sweeto, and hey, we are your co-host for the next hour. Yes. And today, I'm very happy, because we are talking about the wonderful world of Mortal Kombat. Do, 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 do. I'm going to stop right there so we don't get copyright struck from Warner Brothers. I don't think you can just for mm-hmm. making the theme. James A. Janice had to take down some of his videos and re-edit them because it had the theme in them. Companies are very petty. A little bit. He pointed out as well, he said nothing negative about the theme. <laughs> in fact, the whole bit was that he enjoyed it. <laughs> so... Let me make something very clear about companies in that. Here we go. Here you go. Here's what you call that, guys. Free advertising that you don't have to pay people for. Yeah. It's not like we're going to ask for money later down the line. Exactly. So you should be happy. Mm. But whatever. Mortal Kombat. Awesome. So so let's, let's give a little... Let's get a little pre- little preface before we start this episode. I have played majority, more 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 of than less, of the Mortal Kombat games. I have not. I play. I played bits and pieces. I've never played the story. I just kind of fucked around with it. To everybody, I say this in the most respectful way. You're all just a bunch of damn button mashers. Fuck you. Who can remember shit skill. to do to do skill? And I applaud you for being the type of button mashers who have a rhythmic system in your head to be able to do it because i can't it's a skill okay because because whenever i go to do it i feel like an old person i i have no capability to do that in my memory and it's all weird to me it's not button mashing there are certain cambos and then when you hit them you shoot fire or ice out of your hand that's button mashing for me because i'm trying to remember no it's what, not. what do i do I, I made him go over here now he's that's doing a flip now he just kicked somebody in the dick Button mashing is literally just hitting buttons randomly. That, that's what I do. <laughs> that's what I do because I, I don't understand what the hell is going on. Yeah, that's not the same. Th- yeah, yeah, but that's not like that's not the same as actually learning combos. I'm not saying I don't button mash. Totally do, but still. To me, it's it's a button master game. If you have no idea what's going on, if you have no idea what's going on, and for me. I, I'm one of those people who is like who's a button masher because I have no idea what's happening. That's eh, fine. I'm not offended by it. I, I don't think anybody is. But I mean, I also haven't seen the originals. I think I saw parts of them when I was a kid. Oh, the original movies. Yeah, we'll have to uh, talk at about least those of the later. first ones. But uh, this is pretty much my first go at Mortal Kombat. Besides, like watching YouTube to figure out some of the stories, and I pretty much enjoyed it. Yeah, for what it was. So mm-hmm. that's awesome, man. I, I I enjoyed it, too. I'm very much aware, story-wise, this is not great. It's not strong. No, but I think it's as good as we could have probably expected, honestly. Because there is a certain stigma about, like, video game movies being inherently bad. And I feel like the reason for that is because, you know, with a video game, you're getting a lot more story. And, well... You also have to take, with Mortal Kombat, you need to really take into consideration the fact that 
Mortal Kombat is about a game where literally everybody dies. Yeah, more or less. And so it's really hard to transition that into a full story where people don't die. It's kind of like shifting a comic into a movie. Right, and like... You can only do so many movies with that actor and so many things before it's like, okay, they're getting old. Well, and like, I think I think Witcher did the better route of like, we're not going to make a movie, let's make a show so we can do more of the story from not only the game, but also the books that the games are based off of. And I feel like that's smart. Like, I would watch a Mortal Kombat show, a better one, I know that there was two, um, in, in a heartbeat. But I, I still, I'm still glad we have this movie. Because it was a thing for the longest time of like, is this really happening? No. This year? Really? No. You know what I mean? I feel it's good fan service, even though being a true fan of it. Yeah. As well, there was a lot there. I mean, just the, from... It had fatalities. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> like, Well, also, no, one other thing to note, too, is that this was based... It was in its purest form, because they didn't decide to make a PG-13. Because there was always that thing where studios were like, we need to make money or nobody's going to go see it if it's rated R. And it's like, no. That's why Venom people want PG-13. That's why people want to go see it. And I'm pretty sure... I mean, it's debatable because Andy Serkis is directing. Let There Be Carnage? Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. It's a movie with carnage in it. If it's rated PG-13... I'm not seeing I'm not. <laughs> I'll go see it. I'm not going to have I'll wait for DVD. I'll wait for Blu-ray or DVD, honestly. Because, like, Carnage is a character who, like, in the comics or anything... There, there were these old, like, from the 90s, like, Spider-Man-based novels that are just, like... You know, they're written novels in the Spider-Man universe. And Spider-Man's not the only character to have those. Batman had them, Superman had them, everything. But um, in it... They describe how Carnage kills someone in that he decapitates them and rolls their head down the aisle of this plane that he's hijacking like it's a bowling ball. Okay? Well, look at the style. How the hell are you to make that character? Look at the style of any, like the color scheme of any, like the color palette that they chose for any comics that involve Carnage. Mm Mm-hmm. They are dark, sinister, and they are almost colorless. Exactly. Because that's him. They, they take even the most brightest colors and make them all absent except for blood red. Exactly. That's why in the comics he has black teeth and not white teeth, which he has in the trailer. So. And I will say a few things from that trailer before we go back into Mortal Kombat. I am glad that they changed his hair. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> my God. <laughs> I think that was one of Andy Serkis' first things that he said. We gotta change the hair. We gotta change the Because well, at the ending, I, the, the, the director of Venom did a great job with that movie. I actually really enjoyed that movie, despite like a lot of other people's opinions. But <laughs> oh, it was great for what it was. In that end credit scene... I'm sit- I'm sitting next There's to my brother. Gonna be carnage. Well, I'm sitting next to my brother and his wife, who she has no affiliation with any of the characters. And you see Woody Harrelson with that hair, and she goes, Annie. <laughs> Which it might as well be. The fakest wig. The curliest hair. Like, it looks like they added curls. And I'm sorry, Woody Harrelson can't do curly hair. He can't. He just can't. Well, it wasn't even that. You could tell it was a wig. Yeah. Because it was so scrunched up that it was like, you would have had to scrunch up your head and the skin that way. It was definitely something that was done last minute. Like, they were like, oh shit, we might get a sequel. Let's, uh, uh, fuck, uh, can Tom come back? Alright, have him wear street clothes and we'll do a prison scene, uh... Let's get Woody Harrelson. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, a wig. Let's get, he needs red hair because he's Cletus. <laughs> yeah. 
We'll see I, what that brings. But I yeah. think if Mortal Kombat is shows anything well, if, from what a rated R movie can be. Yes. That's based on an adaptation of a game. Fatalities. They they need to really take that into consideration. Mm-hmm. And and you know, that is the one thing that Hollywood you, that you need to really drop and yeah. stop worrying so much about. No one gives a shit about how many times you that that a critic goes, Ugh, this is bad. No one gives a shit. Yeah. They're gonna be the general public and then they're gonna be your fans. You know who you're gonna make the most money off of? Your, your fans. fans. That is why this movie is nothing but fan service. Statistically, That's... you're gonna make more because more fans will buy more t- now, t- tickets. Here's where the rise of Skywalker and Mortal Kombat are quite different. Mm-hmm. Rise of Skywalker, since there was no way to salvage the story, yeah. there was a lot of fan service in there. And that's what made it really fun. Mm-hmm. It was I fun. I mean, I like Rise of Skywalker, not for its story. I I really didn't get into the Disney stuff. I don't really like the story. It's got great but, humor. you know, I, I can... The one other thing that I do like, though, is I can sit and watch Rise of Skywalker and just appreciate the amount of fan service and appealing visuals and a lot of the good acting in it, too. And mm-hmm. I think that's what Mortal Kombat had to offer as well. Yeah. But I think the different split is that Rise of Skywalker was the end of a trilogy. Yeah. And this is the beginning the of story, hopefully one. And this is the beginning of hopefully a saga of movies. Yeah. But the only problem is I felt like they advertised too much and gave people the idea that they were going to be battling in an arena. They were going to be in the tournament. Yeah, they keep, in the trailer they keep mentioning the tournament. And, well, I guess, spoilers for the movie. If you haven't seen it yet, um, go watch depend, it on HBO depending Max. on the date, because uh, until, I think it's the 27th of May, you can watch it on HBO Max. Otherwise, go out and see it in theaters. I would definitely enjoy seeing this in theaters, for sure. But yeah, watch it. Uh, spoilers ahead. Five, four, three, two, one. Yeah, the, the tournament's not in this. <laughs> they say, Raiden says up top, we got a week until the tournament. So we get fights, but we never <laughs> see the tournament. And it's a thing of like, the tournament is so synonymous with Mortal Kombat that when they said the tournament's not in this, I was like, I was very skeptical because <laughs> that's kind of the whole freaking point, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, just to give you a scale reference, though, of how many people enjoyed it, because I could yeah. get two shits with the critics' consensuses. More often than not, you people really got to make your own opinions on on what yeah. you want to see. I mean, we got 86% positive for audience. Audience on and 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. For critics. For yeah. critics. And keep in mind, that's 264 for critics and 2,500 plus for verified users which an audience course. I mean, the critics consensus here is largely for fans, which right off the bat, they're not even, they're not even trying to hide it, that it's for fan service. And I like that. Exactly. And like, I understand the critics, like the majority negative reviews. Cause like I said, the story is very lacking, but you see, I think the best part about this movie and the critics that reviewed this movie is that they weren't complete shitheads. And I say that with the most (laughs) utter respect, but you have to remember you can't just call a movie shit because it's got a bad story and you're not familiar with the fan service. You need to mention right away that that's for mm. fans, which I think even the Rise of Skywalker does. I think they give it the consensus of for fans of the series, just as a Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. you'll love this. The story, though, is not that flushed out. Because, no. I mean, if you look at the Rise of Skywalker, it's got a similar similar uh, rating. It's 
out of 507 critic consensus and actually is the same score it's got 86 Mm -hmm. which opposed from the last jedi that's a really big critique um that's just with 50,000 people of fans and i think uh, critic consensus unless they changed it star wars the rise of skywalker suffers from a frustrating lack of imagination but but concludes the beloved saga with fan-focused devotion and i agree I mean, I, I like the idea that they did a bunch of fan service, and I think also doing a bunch of fan service is kind of what what saved uh, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, because it really allowed people like even me to kind of catch on. And you know, that's why I'm not too over the top about it being. About it being before the tournament, because in a lot of ways, yeah. it allowed me to kind of understand. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's the other good thing about video games and movies. I mean, if like I never I've never really read a bloodshot comic. Right. But when I watched the movie adaptation, I was a little bit confused. Then I realized that a lot of yeah. people that I asked, they didn't know what the hell they were talking about either. Because they were exactly. like, well, this wasn't in the comic. This And then I looked it up and I'm like, uh, no, actually everything in that movie mm-hmm. was in the comic. Yeah. The only thing that's different is that he didn't have a dot paint on his chest. Exactly. And so I, I I like the idea that Mortal Kombat gave kind of that. And I think that's probably why they did it mm-hmm. was to give people a chance to get in there because yeah, regardless. They explain, they explain the reason for Cole Young, who is a character who is f- fully fabricated, created for this movie specifically, not at all in the games. The reason for his existence is to kind of be the person that everyone explains everything to in a way to explain to the audience who maybe is not familiar with the material. And I do enjoy that. The result of that, unfortunately, Cole is a little boring. <laughs> yeah. He's a bit of a boring character. He did suffer from that blandness. Yeah. And, and you know, that's. I hope next movie he, he's a little more fleshed out. <clears throat> I mean, because we got backstory, but it's more of like, I didn't care. It was more about <laughs> bringing his character and explaining the lore, which again, like I said, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's just, it's really hard. And and I mean, I think Mortal Kombat is the exact definition or, or the exact uh, example, mm-hmm. the exact example of what a movie adaptation, a video game adaptation movie should be. Yeah. And because... I was going to say, too, because we're getting a Metal Gear Solid movie, I believe. We are? Soon. Cool. That's a friend. And there's been rumors that Oscar Isaac is going to be a part of it. Hmm. Okay. So. Well, and we're, we're, we, we've been getting set photos. For, of him for Moon Knight. Well, that. But no, I was going to say, in more regards to video game movies, we've been getting set photos of Kevin Hart and Jamie Lee Curtis on the set of the Borderlands film. And that looks bananas. <laughs> you know, I mean, I didn't expect them to kiss them. I don't know how to feel about that because while I like Borderlands... I don't have a large affinity with the game. I, I don't... It's one of those games that's a hit or miss. Okay. And I feel like it, it depends on the person. It's not a matter of the story being bad. It's not a matter mm-hmm. of it. I mean, the graphics are a little bit dizzy for me for the style, but I think overall... It's supposed to look like a comic, I think, is the thing. Yeah, and, and I, like I mean... That. That hurts my eyes. I like watching other people play it. Not something for me to play with my own eyes. Sure. And I like the lore. 
Mm-hmm. I like the story, but I really feel like it's a game that you can't really judge because it's a very personal. It's a very you. You have right. to have to figure it out for yourself. And I, I think I have, I've played a little bit of three myself. I have watched someone play the Tiny Tina DLC where she basically makes it like Dungeons and Dragons, and that was cool. That was a lot of fun. They have a lot of cool stuff down for you. I'm boring them again. No, um, but I do love the cast that they've gotten for it because it's like, not only do they have Jamie Lee Curtis and Kevin Hart, like I already said, the robot, which is, I can't remember its name, but he's so synonymous with the series, they got Jack Black. <laughs> and I'm like, me cool oh, did they? yeah yeah hmm. that's what i heard and I, it, it's giving me very much vibes of when the power ranger movie came out and bill Hader played alpha and he was the best part of that movie <laughs> it's bill Hader. yeah i mean a lot of people i'm glad that they got to see him in it because mm-hmm. he does not get really credit besides snl his physical comedy have you ever seen his hbo show barry no but oh. i've seen clips of it and his comedy mixed with oh. the seriousness my, I've never seen a series do it so well. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have never seen a show where every episode I have thought so much, Noah would love this. Do you know the plot of Barry? Yeah, he's, uh, he's, uh, was it an ex-military or special ops agent? He is ex-military. He's a hitman, but he yeah. wants to become an actor. <laughs> And he's got a lot of comedic shit. Yeah, See, the thing is that it, he's so it's... comedic while yeah. he's doing his killings. Exactly. Exactly. Because he's just kind of like, I told you it was going to happen. But people look at him like, eh, you're like a freaking nerd. Of course you're not going to do shit. And then it's like... Exactly. And Henry Winkler plays his acting coach. <laughs> you know Henry Winkler. The name is familiar. I'm just trying to piece him to one movie. He was the Fonz in Happy Days. That's what he's most known for. A leather jacket guy. I think so. I'm just trying to remember Happy Days. Ron Howard was the main character in <laughs> when he was a teenager. <laughs> I, I, I'll i have to look it up and watch it again. but It's it's Americana stuff. But anyway, um, speaking of cast, we got a nice one for this one. Yeah, I was surprised at what they got. They got Jessica McName. For Sonya Blade, who I'm not, I'm not as familiar with her work. I'm more no. Fa- I'm, I was more f- familiar with... Hiroki Sonata as Scorpion, who he crushed it. He was perfect. You you probably know him from he was in the Wolverine movie, the yeah. Wolverine. He was he in played the, the Silver Samurai. He was in no, he didn't play the Silver Samurai. His dad did. Oh, that's right. He played, he played the dad. The, he played the son. Yeah, and he pl- and he was in the MCU as a character Hawkeye killed. Uh- <laughs> yeah, and the end game. Um, he was in 47 Ronin, The Last yes. Samurai. Yes. Ring. The he was original in the original Ring one. You. Ring You. Yes. He's a great actor. Rush Hour 3, apparently, too. Yes, he's the villain in Rush Hour 3. He and did he great. may or may not have made an appearance in Infinity War. Sometimes he did. Sometimes he's tagging on there. I was just saying that. The Endgame is... Oh, right. He is an Endgame. Yeah, but sometimes they mark him as both just because they're two-parters. So sometimes That's you true. make that mistake. I don't know. But he was also the first Rush Hour, Life, and Sunshine. So he's been in a, quite a few good mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, we, we got Joe Talisman from the Raid movie, the first Raid. He plays the lieutenant. And he's also in um, The Night Comes for Us, which is incredible. Uh, God. I gotta look him up because he's so good. He's not someone a lot of Americans are gonna know, which is a bummer because he, he's great. 
most most of will probably know him from Fast and the Furious Six, because he is in that. Uh, Star Trek Beyond, he's in that as well. Uh, something you know him from, and I don't think you recognized him in this movie from the other movie that we watched very recently. We didn't do a review of it. We watched it ourselves. You remember the swordsman? Oh yeah, he was the bad guy. Yeah. Hmm. I swear he plays good guys sometimes. Oh, and he's also on in the, the on the show Warrior, which is about like the Chinatown gangs, which is actually a really interesting show. Louis Tan is Cole. He is in a lot of stuff I've seen too because I I love martial arts stuff. So he was in Wu Assassins. He was in Deadpool two as um. Ah, uh, guys, I'm so sorry. I need a I need. A, who was he in Deadpool two again? Shatterstar. That's right. He got he got destroyed by the helicopter. Apparently, uh, he was in Mortal Kombat X Generations as well. So yeah, that's he was. I think I can't remember who he was in that, but oh, he was also oh, he was in Iron Kung Fist. Jin. That's right. He was in Iron Fist. Yep, yeah, Into the Badlands. Which also is a killer show. Den of Thieves. Mm-hmm. Then the shitty cut of <laughs> Deadpool. Deadpool of course, he would be in both cuts. He dies in both. Spoilers. Um, so late for that. I know. Machad Brooks was Jax. He 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 did amazing as well. You probably would know him as Jimmy Olsen in the Supergirl show. Yep. Which was, which is kind of cool. He's also in True Blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So that was also pretty cool. Ludi Lin, he played Liu Kang. He was he was an Aquaman. Probably best known for the fact that he played the Black Power Ranger in the Power Rangers movie. The Saban one. Which was not great, but you know, a good time, We I really need to acknowledge somebody who stole the show too, which would be Josh. Josh Lawson, Lawson. as Kano. You know what? He deserves the patented mm. Film Nerds Hour. Live applause. Yeah, the, this man. Bravo, Josh. This Bravo, man Josh. has stolen the show. And he I'm really did. Everyone surprised how he hasn't been in more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in Superstore, House of Lies. He he's a lot. It's a lot of small stuff that he's in. Yeah, because I mean, he's in uh, like he was in the show Superstore, House of Lies. I just with... said that. <laughs> he was in both Anchorman movies. Yeah, not a lot of... Bomb not... shown the campaign. Those are two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jin Han as Shang Tsung, who you know him probably from... Uh, he was in he was in The Dark Knight as the... He was the... Um, the Yakuza leader that, remember, Batman had to fly there to get him? He was yeah, the guy I on the TV so. screen. <laughs> and Joker was like... As far as jurisdiction goes, our little bat friend, he doesn't have any. <laughs> and when he gets him, he is going to squeal. <laughs> I have to I do watch a, The Dark Knight again. I do too good of a Heath Ledger Joker, I think. He was also in Winter Soldier. He was one of the, like, you know, the people at the top of the tower, like the, you know, the people who were like the window people in, um, in Avengers, remember? Like the weird council that Nick Fury talked to? Yeah. Yeah. He's a ghost of the shell. A lot of stuff there. 
We also have, oh, I skipped over her. I'm so sorry. CC Stinger as Melina, which while Melina doesn't really say much and isn't doesn't do a lot, a whole lot, she's worth mentioning because she was a part of the cast. Well, she's in that Children of the Corn prequel and then a movie called Bloody Hell. So she really she, she doesn't much. have a lot of uh, credits. Yeah, that Children of the Corn movie, I guess, is a prequel that came out. Really? And it came out last year. Huh. And... Yeah, 5.8 out of 10 on uh, IMDb. I saw that the other day, just randomly, so I was like, huh, mm-hmm. interesting. I wasn't even looking up the cast for that, and I just saw it. Tenobu Asano as Raiden, probably best known for being in the Thor movies. You trying to place him? He was Hogan. I wasn't thinking that hard about it. Okay. Because I, I, Thor fine. movies are kind of an out the window, except for the third one. A little bit. He was in the third one. He gets super murdered. <laughs> Thanks, Hella. <laughs> Max Hong as Kung Lao. Again, not a not a lot of notable things. Not that I can tell of anyway. He was in Sense Eight. That show was actually not that bad for a while. A lot, a lot of not American stuff as well. He did great martial arts in this movie, though. The martial arts in this movie is solid. Can we just say that for a fighting movie? It's obviously fantastic. Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah. Let's not forget Raiden, too. I said Raiden. Oh, that's right. I just, you you didn't notice because I said him before I said Max, and that's, they're ordered differently. Yeah. And then we got a lot of, like, side characters, like, you know, Emily and Allison. Those are Cole's family. Cabal, who's in here for all of seven minutes. Which is a bummer because he's one of my favorite characters to play in the game. Raiko, who doesn't even talk. (laughs) Which people were very upset. People who are deep-seated in the lore were very upset about that. And then Goro kind of got nerfed immediately. But, uh, now that we've gone through the cast extensively, let's get into the plot a little bit. We, uh, We open up with... We open up with Scorpion's character... And him and his family are in this uh, place in Japan. It's the 1600s, I believe. Something like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's, he's doing the father thing. He's got his son, his wife, and uh, a young daughter who the son goes to check on while he goes to get more water for the, uh, for, for, uh, the plants that they're growing. And you get the sense that there's a lot of love between them. Which is very, it's interesting because like, you know, he's a warrior and you know, he loves his wife, but he like openly says it, which at the time was not a thing that like was common. Still really isn't either. Uh, Well. In in the life of a soldier. Yeah. It's not common nowadays either, but I mean like just of men in general, it wasn't that common. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? It's more common now because men can be open about their emotions. Thank God. But uh, back then, you know, not really. That. And he he almost tears up while he's saying it. I'm like, this is sweet. They're going to kill her. And sure enough. <laughs> sure enough. He leaves to get water. And then she goes in the house. And she's like, why is it so cold? And then they see Sub-Zero. <sighs> I kind of get a little sick of that subplot of you killed my family. Well, I mean. Because it's too predictable after listen. a while. It, give it the illusion of shock value of not killing them right away. No, because that's the whole point of their rivalry. That's why he hates him so much. It's because he killed his family. 
I mean, I would. I was hoping that they would wait a little bit. They did. They let you care first. They let him say that he loved his son and his wife before they killed him. <laughs> well, no, you, you know what I mean. It, oh, like, it's, it's give like, it a few it, weeks? <laughs> like, it just is always so sudden in movies and you could tell that they're going to die. It's like, let let him get the illusion that they're going to escape. They gotta and, s- then, and then do it then and there. They got to save the cat, man. So, I mean... You know that. <laughs> it's kind of one of those things where I wish... You don't have to spend that long on it, but give them the chance of them, like, looking like they're going to escape and then do something like that. That's that's how it is in, like, a lot of movies, though. Like I know. That's, like, the you, cliche of why I'm sick of it. Because <laughs> you can always tell them somebody's going to die, but it's always instantly. It's kind of like a slasher movie. Like, you know, the, that's what works with slasher movies. Because mm-hmm. you see the person running away. And you know that they're going to die. Yeah. But it comes as a shock when all of a sudden it's like, okay, what is it going to do? And then Jason, like, picks them up with a tree and uses a belt and then, like, you know, twists their head or whatever. Yeah. It's just kind of like that thing of getting them away and not just killing them then and there on the spot. So you wanted a more creative kill. Yeah, not just a... He froze them. (laughs) I know, but I didn't want to do... You, you get what I'm trying to say. I do, but it's like I'm trying to get you to explain it better to the ba- the audience who doesn't. Like, I I don't mind the save the cat trope because it fucking works. Okay, the reason I care about Peter Quill isn't because he, like, is a sarcastic asshole and he's hilarious. It's the fact that at the beginning of the first Gardens movie, his mom dies of cancer in front of his eyes. Okay, like, that's why I care about him. Because I know he's been through a lot and he has a reason for being who he is. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I care about Scorpion in this instance, because his whole family got killed besides a baby, so now he's got to go on a revenge plot. And I don't mind revenge plots at all. Like, otherwise we wouldn't have a movie. You know, you have to give a reason. Oh, no, I don't have a problem with that. I just wish, you know, instead of seeing, like, the all sentimental scene, and then right away, as soon as they cut from the scene... You know that the it's family's adding, gonna die. It's adding flavor. You gotta show I just that they have could, like a. Relationship. I wish you could see like a family running, or something. Mm. Add it in there instead of just cutting right away to all their dead. You know, give them. Give, well, that's give, because they can't really show a kid getting killed. Well, they don't have to do that. I mean, it's like showing them like you know the mother and daughter or the mother and son running. And then they get frozen in place off screen. Like, you know, they fall over that, or something. But that's the whole point of why Sub-Zero is so scary. They obviously didn't have a chance to run because he's too quick. And he has ice powers, you know? It's something that you can't exactly run from. Like I said, it's kind of it's kind of a me thing. Yeah, I guess. Because okay, I, I just though. have seen it before. Sure. It's not even about, like, the movie. It's just one of those things that you kind of see all the time. So right. you're kind of like, I wish they could change up. I mean, you bit. know my opinion on movies. There's not really an original idea anymore. <laughs> that's just stories though in general like everything's kind of been thought of you know what i mean it's not a bad thing but that's just kind of you're 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 involuntarily exhaling which Am i know I? yes you are so let's oh. just switch topics um so yeah his his par- his family gets killed and then he kind of because he's like mourning them and then we get some other ninjas from a rival clan that show up and he kills them all because he is of course from the shirai ryu and they are from the lin kuei and that's the whole thing in the games too it's a rival clan of ninjas one kills the one slaughters the other completely that's kind of the whole point but yeah we get a lot of great choreography the the blood is animated which usually bothers me but in this not so much 
a huge round of applause for those who <laughs> did do the special effects on here. Cause yeah. They turned out amazing. If you can make me not cringe at animated blood, you did a great job. <laughs> you did you did a great job. <laughs> it's a very hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Sure is. Sure the frick is. And then he kills him he kills a bunch of guys with a sword, then he gets the kunai, which interestingly enough his wife was using to garden, which is a true thing. Kunais are traditionally used for gardening and ninjas use them for like climbing and stuff. That's why a lot of a lot of weapons you will see ninjas using in like just culture in general, they were all farming tools because that was that was the whole point, was they were you know they were kind of lower class people rising up. That was the whole that's how ninjas became ninjas, you know? Because they were like, what What can we do that these people with armor can't? L- let's move fast and use unconventional means. Which is like the that. difference between them and samurai for anybody who's kind of like... Yep. Because uh, they come from China. They hail from China, right? Mm-hmm. Ninja do and uh, so. samurai hail from Je- uh, Japan. Japan, yes. But, in any case, I believe so. In any case... Um, he puts that onto a rope and kind of slings it around like it's a chain type, like, weapon, which is amazing to see visually. Because it's a lot of, like, going through people's head and pulling down to break their necks. You okay? You dying? No. Okay, good. (laughs) You're not okay? No, I'm fine. Okay, good. And then, uh, of course, Bihan, who is Sub-Zero's name before he becomes Sub-Zero, he's waiting for him by a tree... He says something to him in Chinese, and we get the lovely thing of like him in Japanese saying, "I don't understand your words, but you will die." <laughs> and they, and they have a pretty good fight. I understand why Sub Zero killed him because a, that's how it is in the story, but also, uh, Sub Zero has powers. <laughs> Scorpion does not have any powers yet. Yeah, which is kind of like you already knew what was going to happen before yeah. it even happened. He's got an edge. He's got an edge. If he didn't have those powers, I'm pretty sure he would win. Hanzo would win. Oh, there wouldn't have been a question about that. Mm-hmm. He's more superior in his skills. Where Sub-Zero is just so used to going, poof, poof, like ice, Palpatine. Ice. Yeah. And then, so he dies, but we hear his daughter screaming. Raiden shows up and brings the baby somewhere. And then we get our opening scene, and I think first thing we see right is Cole getting ready for a fight in like a UFC ring, kind of, or an MMA ring at a gym. And it's like one of those things, like he's fighting for two hundred dollars. You know, you get the sense that he's kind of down and out. You know what I mean? Which happens. It's one of those things that you kind of just are like, mm-hmm. it's meant to happen. Everybody yeah. reaches their their peak at the end and it was i pointed this out to you and you weren't as bothered by it as i i was but we kind of get the sense that cole's kind of like young like how old would you say he's supposed to be in this movie honestly it looks like he's no older than 24 or 25 right his daughter's definitely like about to be a teenager so i was like um <laughs> like what <laughs> like it's very confusing i mean like me. i get it because, I mean, you look at a lot of the Asian community, and they a lot of them do look very, very young. Mm-hmm. Depending on where they hail from. Yeah, depending. So. And it is, it's quite, it's quite, it's quite neat. Because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's I neat. hope 
that I look that good at that Yeah, because you said he looks no older than 24. In real life, he's 34. Good. Yeah. So good for him. <laughs> good, it's good kind of like a Ralph, Ralph Macchio. Macchio. Situation. That man's face doesn't age. Which, uh, he looks old now, but he literally looks like he's in his late 40s, even Fast? though he is 60. Is it? He is 60. Who's who's Kylo Ren? Adam Driver. He doesn't age either. <laughs> he does not age either, man. <laughs> I mean, I was looking at Ralph Macchio and I was like, "Yeah, he's 60. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. And he still moves like that, too. <laughs> oh, my. For real. And then you got, uh, William Zabaka. William Zabka. Oh, Zabka, yeah, where he he trained nothing but martial arts. Yeah. Uh, so that was also really cool because it was like, whoa, you that's that's what you dedicate your life to, and you're really good at it. You just made me want something for the sequel. I would love to see a cameo from those two, even if they're just people on the street. <laughs> oh, just to have them in there. Yeah, like, well, because they tease at the end of this movie that they're going to Hollywood to, of course, because Johnny Cage is not in this, so they're going to find Johnny Cage. But I would love if they're walking by and we even just see, like, a Cobra Kai sign. You know what I mean? Or something. Like. Right. That'd be cool. But the question is, are they the actors or are they actually. Just a picture. Just, or are they actually part of the universe? No. I, don't, I can't think of any character from Mortal Kombat that they would be perfect for. Maybe mocap, but he's kind of a no, 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 no. I just mean like, would they be the Daniel Larusso, or would they actually? Oh, would they actually be yeah. Larusso? No, they'd have to be their themselves as actors. Maybe they're in the costume. Because that would be that would be funny. Yeah, but in any case, um, I say that a lot. He loses the fight via like tap out. And then Jack sees him, he mentions that he won a title at some point, Turn, but you know, that was that was in his younger days, and he shows that he has a dragon marking tattoo, which it should be noted that Scorpion also had, but he was born with his dragon marking, which is very important to the story, because later on, him and, uh, him and his daughter and his wife are eating, and we see we saw in an earlier scene that Shang Tsung is sending Sub Zero, who's still alive, super old, but still alive. Um, he's sending him after combatants for the tournament because the next Mortal Kombat tournament's going to happen, right? So he, as he figures, if Mortal, if if the humans don't, if the people of Earthrealm don't have any representatives, they can't participate, which is a dick move, smart and strategic, but a dick move. So he's going to have Sub-Zero find and kill him. Another thing which I feel like should be illegal. <laughs> but... Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like Raiden and Shang Tsung can't participate... Raiden can't participate himself in, like, fighting them. But it's like, they can kill them outside of the tournament? That's a little unfair. It's too... It's too easy. Well, and that's something that they address, too, in, um... In the original Mortal Kombat movie is like Scorpion and Sub-Zero start fighting some of the main characters and then Raiden shows up and sees Shang Tsung and he goes, your sideshow freaks are attacking my champions before the tournament. That is expressly forbidden. And I'm like, if it's forbidden there, why is it forbidden here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And they also... Another flaw with the plot that I hate pointing out, but it's also like I can't help but see it. 
They explain later that Raiden can teleport anyone anywhere. Why didn't he just teleport the bad guys away when they showed up to fight? I guess it means because we wouldn't have a movie, but still. Because that's not what God does. I know. He wants you to confront your challenges. I guess, but it's like, come on. Like, it's an easy answer. I mean, I'm not going to lie. When I thought of Raiden, mm-hmm. it, it, like, <clears throat> when I first saw this, I'll, the first thing that came to my mind was, Oh, the Asian guys, God guys, from uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, yeah, because if you guys haven't seen Big Trouble in Little China... What is wrong with you? Yeah, Go well, watch it. It's a great movie, but there's literally a guy with the same style hat who has lightning. And, <laughs> and it's totally true. I don't know what came first, that movie or Mortal Kombat, but one definitely copied the other. <laughs> mm, definitely. Here, now I have to... Because hmm. I definitely have to point this out. Yes, what do you need to point out? That uh, Big Trouble in Little China, you all need to know where to ro- where to watch it. Yeah, please do. 1986, great movie with Kurt, Kurt Russell, Russell, directed by your boy John Carpenter. Awesome person. Uh, you need to watch this on YouTube for free because it's with ads, but it's free on YouTube. So get your asses over please. there. Please. Go watch or it. Or if nothing else, add it to your watch laters and watch it after this. But the, still. The, no, no, no excuse. Or you rent it for three ninety nine on Google Play, Voodoo, or Amazon Prime. And we will review it at some point. Incredible film. You, you, you just need to do it. But in any case, um, yeah, we get, we get him talking about the birthmark and then they get attacked by Sub-Zero. And he starts, like, freezing the water vapor in the air and making it rain down hail. To which I'm like, my god, this guy. <laughs> this guy is way too powerful. But then Jack saves them and he reveals that he also has a dragon marking. And he's like, it means you've been chosen. But then, while they're driving away, Sub-Zero shows up and Jax is like, take the car, go to this place, find Sonya Blade. And then he goes into a warehouse with a shotgun to fight Sub-Zero. And it's a pretty good fight. Jax does okay, but he gets his arms broken off. Which I swear, every time it happens, it's different. And that's the one thing about the lore that's kind of frustrating. That's the same old thing. Yeah, well, no, it's different every time. Because, like, in this movie, Sub-Zero throws off Jax's arms, and you see it, like, fully. It's insane looking how he, how he does it. Uh, but in the animated movie Scorpion's Revenge, which I do recommend you watch, it's by the same people who do the DC stuff, he gets his arms ripped off by Goro. In the in MK9, which rebooted the story again, his arms get exploded off by Ermac. And it's like, how many freaking people are going to take this dude's arms? Like, <laughs> can we have one concise way? <laughs> That'd be too much. I guess, man. I guess. But so then he finds Sonya, and she's got like a little double-wide trailer, and she explains the whole mythos of the tournament and how, like, it's all these culture things. We get a lot of nods to the video game, a lot of Easter eggs. But then we also see that she has chained up Kano, who also has a dragon marking, because when they were going to find another champion, he slit his throat. (laughs) And they explain how Jax got his dragon marking, because he killed a guy who had superhuman abilities and tore through their unit in seconds. 
which I like how they don't expressly say what his abilities were or how he did it because that leaves it open for other characters that they can use later on in this series. So that's kind of what we have right now at this point. We have Cole, who is an okay fighter, but as he's not as good as he once was. Sonya, who doesn't have a marking at all, so she's not even going to be in the tournament. And Kano, who has a marking, well, but is an asshole. <laughs> you never up. know, because it depends on when she meets Johnny Cage, too. Well, it also depends on how how much you let me talk about this movie. <laughs> Whether or not she'll get a dragon marking. I feel like go. it's a possibility. That's all I'm going to say for a movie version, but... For a movie version of what? Well, combat. What's possible? I think they could change it a bit. Change what? They may change certain things. Who will participate, who won't. I mean, I wouldn't exactly be surprised. No, I'm referencing the fact that she doesn't have a dragon marking, and by the end of this movie, she gets one. Oh. <laughs> So I'm like, what do you mean change? She already, it's a, we, we saw the movie together. Like, <laughs> sorry. Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> okay, you're just quiet. But they get attacked by re- um, what looks like an invisible lizard, which in the game is commonly known as reptile. Clever, right? <laughs> it's generic they kind of came up with anything or like even something funny no <laughs> no um well, invisible lizard guy no reptile i actually i like that name because it's all like i don't know originally he was just a green ninja with a changed color but this he's actually a lizard the invisa ninja invisa ninja yeah no sounds stupid but that's because it is no okay i feel like I don't know, it's just it's like one of those things. You always got a joke name that kind of sticks, like, you know, with, well, that with was... uh, Tremors, mm-hmm. you got the Graboids, Shriekers, and then Ass Blasters. Well, then, well, all the ninjas in the video game, they were all just re- recolored of one character. So, like, the yellow ninja was Scorpion, the blue one was Sub-Zero, the red one was Ermac, the green one was Reptile, and the purple one was Rain, and yes, that is a Prince reference. They acknowledge that it is a Prince reference. I mean, kudos There's to them for a purple ninja named Ray. <laughs> but anyways, uh, they they fight Reptile. He's got like acidic blood, which is neat. And I was like, or no, it's his his saliva is acidic. And I'm like, he's a xenomorph. Okay. Um, he's invisible for a while, but they're able to like attach a flare to a knife and stick it on his back, so they can know where he is, which is very smart. And then while they're fighting, Kano rips his heart out. <laughs> you thought that was cool. I did. And, it's still, and it went right to his head. It's still bleeding. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's really cool. And then he's like, they're like, well, we need to go to Raiden's temple, which is where they, the combatants for Earthrealm get trained. And they convince Kano to take him for a lot of money. Uh... <laughs> Which she also says she does definitely doesn't have. Which I don't know I didn't see it coming, but it shows his greed. Yeah. You didn't he's, he's so easily swayed. Oh yeah. You you didn't know he's an asshole. <laughs> he definitely, in all iterations, is an asshole. <laughs> so I kinda like how they throw a one eighty at us by being like, 
maybe he's a good guy this time. Mm, no. I mean, <laughs> what I really like is that whenever I saw a clip without with Kano from just the games, he honestly just seemed like a sarcastic ass. He is, but he's also just super evil. Because <laughs> I, I wasn't thinking that he was evil. I was like, oh, he just must be a very big smartass who hates people. And then it was like, oh, no, you're just a very uh, uptight villain yep. with, a, with a sexy accent. He thinks he's so much, he's so full of himself, but that's why I love it. Because so many jokes, so many jokes that we can't reference, or we just for time purposes, but we can, but, because like they're walking in this desert and they see Liu Kang in the distance and he shoots a fireball at Kano and he's like, did you just shoot fire out of your hands? Like, am I going to get powers at any point? Like, Because that's insane. And he takes him to the temple. They get shown around. Liu Kang shows that they have they found Jax. He has no arms. But luckily, when he, it, they were frozen, it cauterized it so he didn't bleed. But there's also a thing of, like, he definitely has extra, like, his heart rate's definitely higher. Due to the fact that his heart still is pumping the same amount of blood, but not there's not as much places to go to it. But that's a whole science thing. But that's a whole medical thing. But anyways, um, Sub-Zero shows up and starts fighting Liu Kang. And then Kung Lao comes literally out of nowhere because he teleports via his hat, which is awesome. It's a handy-ass hat. It really is. Like it's It's like Captain America's shield, but it can kill people and you can teleport with it. Like, it's... You must chop a lot of wood with it, too. Seriously. Because, I mean, like, that thing is literally just a saw blade. Mm-hmm. I've always wondered uh, that. Like, <laughs> he must train for a while to be able to catch that, because I'm like, I'm always like, how does he not cut his own hand catching that, that blade? Like, that hat blade. I'm surprised, you know what I am surprised about? They didn't make an odd job reference in this movie. And that's a very easy reference. Uh Odd job was a Bond villain who threw a hat that had a blade on it. <laughs> yeah, see, I haven't, I haven't seen all the Bond movies. Oh, okay. But in any case, they show Raiden sees them all, and and he's like, he's like, this is what I get. Really, you don't have a marking. <laughs> You're in no mental or physical capacity to fight. And then Kano's like, what about? What about me, Gandalf? What's my fortune cook? And he just shoots him with lightning. And he's like, you're arrogant and stubborn. <laughs> Which seems like such a me move. Yes, yeah, seriously. Just like, shut up. <laughs> but he's like, oh, okay. It's like box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Is it going to be fireballs? Is it going to be lightning? Is it going to be a, a, half, a frisbee hat? <laughs> Maybe I'll shoot knives or guns. And she's like, shut up. <laughs> So, it's so good. His dialogue is so great. But they go to the they go to the training pit, which is where they need to train to um, unlock their arcana, which is a very, in my opinion, because I like the lore and the original, like how they got their powers and why they have their powers, all that. The arcana thing's kind of dumb, in my opinion, kind of dumb. Like I understand they needed to explain away everything of like how it all works, but it's like. It's just not for me personally, I guess. I don't know. Because I like the idea that Liu Kang trained enough that he could shoot fire. Or, you know, the original lore of how Kano got his laser eyes. The fact that he has an eye, like, 
impl- a metal eye implant. Yeah, I mean, I like that better. Yeah. Or at least they could have given him, like, shards. Like, maybe he morphed into part robotic or... Well, in the in the games, like, that's why he hates Sonya so much, I think. I think it's Sonya who did it. Because I think she hit him so hard he knocked out one of his eyes. So now he has a robotic eye that shoots a laser. Like, because sure. Oh. Like, that's how much explain away it, right? Like, I just... I, I also think of that scene, though, too. Because it's also, like... When he shoots the laser? It makes it, like, forgivable. Because it's like, sit down, shut yeah. up, and, and pass me a fucking egg roll! Ah, laser beam! Better than fireballs, you pussy! <laughs> oh god, that is the most phallic dinner scene I have ever seen. <laughs> like, he's twiddling around his anal beads. I was like, okay, we need to not be saying this in the house that my parents live in. <laughs> Well, see, I don't think it would have accomplished the same effect if he hadn't. Right. I, that's fair, but it's like... Because it's like, Quint, mm-hmm. my god, the, 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 the amount of times he says Jesus Christ in Jaws yeah. is like, somebody's gonna smite you. <laughs> Thanks, man. Now I have to do my one a day for Jaws. It's a tiger shark. Oh, what? <laughs> Oh, you mean the oh, a what? <laughs> Love that guy. So how much do you want to bet that that just going off topic for a second? Yeah, you're good. How much do you want to bet that that was that actual guy's reaction and it was non-scripted? Yeah, probably, probably. Spielberg was probably just like, "Oh, let's have some guys here so he can explain the tiger shark." Because <laughs> I, I'm, I'm almost certain. That they knew what they were acting, but really it just came down to the fact of when they tried explaining yeah. him trying to explain with his dialogue, it actually pissed off the fishermen because they were just sitting there like, I'm a shark hunter. I know this for a movie, but I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I hunted this shark. No. no. So anyways, um, they trained some. Shao Kahn shows up with a bunch of guys just to kill them. But Raiden makes, like, a lightning barrier. And I'm like, okay, sure. So they can train in peace. Which they should be able to do anyway, but whatever. So, they're training, and Cole is showing no progress with unlocking his abilities, unfortunately. Because they're telling him, like, you gotta focus on the pain. Like, that's how you unlock it. And I'm like, okay, I didn't know there was an expressive way to do it, but... Didn't seem like it for Kano, anyway. But one of my favorite bits when they're doing the training is Liu Kang and Kano fight because it references the games without a way, in a way that you wouldn't even notice because he keeps doing the under kick and making the guy fall down and he gets up again, does it again, and then he fakes that he's about to do it so the guy jumps in the air and then he... He's like, is that the only move you know? Ah, jumps in the air and he goes, no. And then you just hear Kano go, fuck. And he hits him again. That is a classic original Mortal Kombat arcade move. I know so many people who all they would do is do the That's crouch spin right. under kick. Yes. That was supposed to be the troll reference yep. of how many mm-hmm. people just sat there and did <laughs> That's that. That's all they did. Because <laughs> I remember seeing that on YouTube and I remember somebody like literally throwing the controller at the TV. Yeah. His friend's TV and walking yeah. through. Yeah. 
It's like, what the hell was that for? And he's like, you're being a dick. Yeah, exactly. That's the troll moves. So I love that that little video game nod got referenced to the fact that that's what everyone who didn't know how to play the game did. <laughs> and it probably was a reflection on the creators that were like, oh, yeah, we did kind of do that, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. I just, I just love his. Is that the only movie now? Ha! No, fuck. <laughs> like, just that dialogue happens so fast. It's so funny to me every time. Like I said, Josh wow yeah wow so great wow there there's a part of me that as soon as he walked in mm-hmm. they were like you're you're hired yeah seriously there there's no way that you can convince me that he there's walked anyone in better <laughs> and he had to come in and do another edition i mean i love the guy from the original who does the voice after hearing it but yeah well they couldn't get him unfortunately for obvious reasons is he dead he killed himself unfortunately oh i, I didn't know. know that yeah it bumps me out too man rest in peace he did, he did, and he is the reason that Kano is Australian now. Because before, when they did that original movie, there were no voices, really, for Mortal Kombat. But he did it in Australian voice. So now, in all the iterations, Kano's Australian. And I'm like, cool. Was he originally Australian? No, I'm saying that's... In the uh, okay. in the movie, they were just... In the original movie, they were like, eh, talk how you talk. <laughs> so, that's how he became Australian in the video games. Because people really liked how he sounded. Neato. Like, I agree with that. Rest in peace. But, anyways, um, <laughs> so then they're training, and they get a few more, Shang Tsung gets a few more people, Raiko, they already have Melina, who he explains is his daughter, quote-unquote, which in the lore, it's not really his daughter, kind of his daughter. She He cloned her, and she's an evil clone of another character, but... Um, Raiko, who's just, he in this, he's just a general, but he has a much steeper lore in the game, which we don't have time, unfortunately, for me to get into. But then they also have Cabal, and I love Cabal. Uh, he's definitely one of my favorite characters, because he uses those hook swords, which, ever since I saw Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, I've always thought were the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> they are pretty fucking mm-hmm. But he's like, did you see a guy there named Kano? He's kind of an asshole, you love him. He's the reason I'm in an iron lung <laughs> permanently. The sarcasm mm-hmm. that came out of his mouth yeah. is something I would do if I just was more of a I can't give a shit about anything. Oh, anymore. Cabal does not give a shit. But then he shows up and sees um he sees Kano and he goes he starts talking to him and he goes, You can get anything you want if you work for these people. That's all you gotta do. Just Ask for whatever, however much money you want, double it, and then double it again. And he's like, what do I gotta do? And I'm like, of course they convinced Kano to betray them. Of course, because it's Kano. Like, I knew he wasn't gonna be like, no, they're my friends now. Because they're clearly not. They're clearly not. <laughs> well, he, they annoyed it. See, that's like, in all fairness, too, I was like, man, if you would have, you can't. Like he makes one fun up of, a smart ass. He makes fun of Jax's skinny arms, and I'm like, you're making fun of an essentially a disabled person. Like, of course they're not his friends. Like, yeah, but at least he didn't call him a cripple, and then he was already blind, and then proceeded to literally Sonic clap his ears. Okay, Homelander, but I'm just saying, at least he didn't do he, that. He didn't call him a cripple. He called him a goddamn disabled. But I, we don't have time to talk about the boys right now. But. 
Yeah, cause I just yeah I knew he was gonna betray him. There was a part of me that wanted him to to have it be like a double double cross, but it's still like I knew he was he's an asshole. I knew he was going to. But so he ends up destroying Raiden's staff. But before he does that, Raiden sends Cole home because he's like, "You'll never be good enough. You'll never be any use to us as a fighter. Go home and be with your family while you can." So he opens a portal, sends him home. Then Kano destroys the rod with his laser beam, and everybody gets in, and it's kind of an all-out brawl. Jax gets his ass handed to him by Raiko. Melina stabs Sonya and, like, eats some of the blood, which is freaking weird. Um, Cabal is way too fast for Lou and cuts him a few times. And then we do get Kung Lao splitting Nintara in half. Which was amazing. <laughs> it was, oh, excuse me, that was very delightful to see. Yeah, because that's straight out of the video games as well. Just saw blade in half, and then he goes, fittingly, flawless victory. And I'm like, yep, that was a flawless victory for sure. Because flawless victory is when you beat someone without taking any damage. And clearly she did not hurt him at all. <laughs> he meditated, she went up behind him, he... Went behind her, controlled her flight, and ran her right into the hat. <laughs> it was awesome. But then Goro fit, starts fighting Cole. And that was a cool scene because we get the farmhouse and, like, he's trying to hit him with some tools, which is also very reminiscent of his father, or his, well, we find out his ancestor using tools to to fight off his attacker because we find out that he is the reason he was born with the dragon marking and he didn't have to earn it is because he's a descendant of scorpion yeah which is i saw it coming i saw it coming i mean they, they didn't really leave it up to a mystery though either. no no it wasn't like a big reveal thing he just says it and like the whole time cole's been having visions of scorpion seeing him in hell and i'm like that's terrifying but but then he almost gets killed by Goro, and then his wife hits him with an axe. And then what makes him unlock his arcana is defending his family and saving his family. So he gets this awesome, like, armor that's essentially Black Panther armor. Because <laughs> it, like, it absorbs the hit and then, like, hits it back. Which I was like, super cool. I really enjoyed that. The choreography and the amazingness that this... How, movie brought to the screen though yeah. is what makes it that much more like much did, much better to appreciate like how do they make a guy fighting a cgi monster one-on-one -on -one interesting like you know what i mean like that was cool with making it look real mm -hmm. it looked crazy real and he not only does it like absorb and he can redirect but he can also absorb it and make weapons so he makes himself some tomfas which are very cool and he like cuts off his hand, stabs him in the chest, stabs him through the eye. I thought that fight I thought that was a little quick. And for the character yeah. of for the character of Goro, I didn't think it was cuz Goro's the whole thing is he's super like he's the boss right before the final boss. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it kind of felt weird that he was getting used like this, but we'll get more into how he could come back for too. Cuz then um a portal opens, and he goes, and he helps the others, and Raiden's like, everyone get to the portal. We're gonna get out of here, because Melina does not kill Sonya, because she quotes her as being a not-worthy kill, because she doesn't have a dragon marking. But as they're about to escape, um, 
Kung Lao, unfortunately, gets uh, his soul taken by Shang Tsung. And I was like, oh, that's... I mean, I know he dies in everything, but still, that's disappointing. It was like they can flesh him out a bit more, which is always kind of like, that's the yeah. opportunity. But I mean, so. it's another thing of like, if they have to kill one of the characters for us to feel stakes. Because let's be honest, if none of the good guys died, if all that happened was Kano turned evil, I don't feel like we would feel like there were there was much stakes in this movie, you know? No, it's kind of the same thing about what you think about, um, what you think of when you think of uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. Exactly, like some some people like that's why they had to kill Quicksilver in Age of Ultron. Like, it's to make you feel like it's real and like n- you're not sure of what's going to happen. Everybody who you think is safe is not really safe. No, especially not in an ensemble movie. <laughs> Are you kidding me? But but then they get transported to this dimension which Raiden can keep them safe in and no one else can enter but him. Could have started out there. Um. Oh, and right, the other thing that happens, um, sorry, Kano tries to bury Sonya with some rocks, Jax lift the rock, lifts the rock off of her, um, unlocks his arcana, super buff robot arms. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's essentially what happens. <laughs> Which, I don't know, I didn't just start with that. Why didn't they just give him robot arms? Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. No, he, he had, had to, to unlock the ability. I'm sorry, if you have the technology for those skinny robot arms, I'm assuming you have the technology to make them bigger. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> right. But they end up saying, like, what do we do now? And he's like, well, they don't want to fight fair, so let's make them fight fair. So they devise a plan where Raiden's going to teleport all of them to a place. Again, he could have just teleported the bad guys, like, over a crevasse, but, you know. Um, again, he's not supposed to interfere, quote-unquote. Uh. But, I mean, I don't know, to me, it's also like, I mean, I know you know the more lore than me, but it's also like, you're a god. Yeah. So you can do whatever the fuck you want. Well, he's, um, he, he is a god, but the, if he interferes, the elder gods will rain wrath upon him. Oh, Which I'm yeah. Like, okay, yeah. Well, every time you hear the word elder, yeah, and like, then gods, you're like, oh. Big G. Yeah, <laughs> instead of little G. Um, but yeah, I'm at a... I, my thought process has always been, because it's always been Raiden versus Shang Tsung in the tournaments and stuff like that, and I'm just like, um, I'm sorry, Shang Tsung is a sorcerer who's been stealing people's souls for millennia, and that's why he's still alive, and he's been gaining their power. I'm sorry, can he get a god level now? Like, can he get that status? Like, at this point? Like, right. But, in any case, they have them all... We get a bunch of one-on-one fights. Sonya fights Kano in her house. And we get a lot of her, like, using the environment to her advantage. Because, again, it's her house. Um, like, she hides underneath the, the floorboards and stabs him. A bunch of times, which made me think of the remake of Walk Tall, or Walking Tall. Which I haven't seen it. The Rock? Oh, it's so good. He's he's just, all he's relying on is his laser beam, because that's his whole thing, is he, he, he thinks that's going to be enough. <laughs> like, just that. I mean, in all, to his credibility, though, you can't really blame him. No, because it's a freaking laser a beam. superpower. <laughs> I mean, look at Sub-Zero. That's all he relied on. Eventually yeah. it became not enough. Like, oh, the fires mm-hmm. of hell. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he's using the laser beam 
And, like, she throws some, like, it looks like antiseptic at his eye, and, like, all of a sudden he can't use it anymore. It, like, shorts it out. So I'm like, is it a robot eye? I don't know what's going on anymore. Start, yeah, that... <laughs> that was weird. It was one of those moments where it's like it gets to that point in that conversation where I'm like, you know what? I don't know what we're talking about anymore. <laughs> it is what it is. And they fight in a bathroom, and then he, like, gets her in a hold outside of the house, and she stabs him in the face with a gnome. And I was like, cool. <laughs> cool. Killed him with a garden gnome to the face. But she gets his marking. And then uh, Jax fights Ryko, which was cool, because, like, before his hammer was a big issue. Now it ain't nothing. And he, like, breaks his hammer, throws it off, punches him a bunch of times, and then double claps both, smashes his head. <laughs> and then I can't remember the line he says, but you laughed. <laughs> I don't know. There. I, think it was, I think he had the blood on him, and he was like, it was something like that it was something like that or it it was like damn i think i don't know but it was really just something so simple (laughs) that you were like yeah nobody would really that everybody else would curse at and i was just like oh yeah and then cole's fighting melina and um lou is fighting cabal again and how he deals with his whole like super fast thing is he hits him into a place that's like swamp-ish water type thing. You know, it's like, it looks like muck, you know? <laughs> and then he uses his fire, summons a dang dragon, <laughs> like, out of fire. Like, makes a dragon out of fire. And it bites the dude, and he's caught on fire, and he dies. And I was like, awesome. <laughs> Something I wish I could do in Skyrim. Yeah, seriously. But I love the, the moment of, because he sees the dragon above him, and he goes... Oh, shit. And then when it comes down, he just screams so loud. He's like, ah! It's just like, yeah! Because <laughs> you were also being a cocky asshole earlier, because he cut him with his swords, and he was like, oh, sorry, did I cut you? And it's like... Now you got karma. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Isn't he the same one, too? It was like, I, I love it when they scream. Yeah, yeah. So it was he like... goes, oh, I scream. I love to hear him scream. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I love to hear you scream too. It's mm-hmm. great. It's pretty great. And then Melina, she's got, she can teleport and she's got her crazy teeth and her size. So she's kind of giving Cole a little bit of an issue. But when she's about to kill him from like jumping behind, Sonia shows up and shoots her with her arm things. Don't know how she unlocked her power that fast, but okay. Uh, <laughs> sure. She kind of just killed someone and got a marking. Didn't know that meant getting your power immediately, but I don't know the logistics of this thing they made up for the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and you get a cool shot because she shoots her and then you see just her spine. Like you see a hole in her stomach and then just her spine. And I was like, cool. Also straight out of the games. That was one of the things I did notice too. Mm Mm-hmm. But then they were like, okay, so what about Sub-Zero? Well, we'll all take them on together. But then Sub-Zero shows up, and he crushes a bracelet that him and his daughter had. So he's like, oh, he's got his family. He, So he runs after him out of blind anger, which, smart on Sub-Zero's power, divide and conquer. That's very smart. But, so then, it's his gym, and it's just covered in ice. And I was like... No one was coming into the gym today? Okay. Uh, yeah, fine. And his wife and daughter are kind of like frozen to the... It kind of looks like Alien. 
you know? Like, I don't know if you ever saw Alien vs. Predator. I did. Okay. I've seen both. Yeah, yeah. It's just been, like, literally four or five years. Remember the aliens, like, take the people and trap them in that place so they can get face-hugged? <laughs> yeah, the xenomorph nest. Yep. It reminded me of that. Just a lot colder. So he fights him, but Sub-Zero's obviously got the upper hand because he's more skilled. He, he's been alive for hundreds of years. But uh, when they were fighting, before they fought, Raiden gave him the Psy, which Hanzo used. And he's like, when you use this, it will be as though he's fighting alongside you. Uh, great choice of words, dude, because he starts using it, gets some of his blood on his hand. And we get a great moment where Sub-Zero is about to stab him with it. But then, a, or, did I say Psy? Kunai, I'm sorry. Another Kunai comes through Sub-Zero's arm and we get the theme, and he's right above him, and he just goes, get over here, and just drags him. And it might have been obvious, and some people even said a little corny and cheesy. I'm sorry for the person who has been playing the game since he was nine years old. This is everything I have ever wanted in my life. <laughs> and you felt that, too. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> Wait. Because just, you see, you don't even see Sub-Zero's whole face, but you see his eyes. The fear in his eyes when he sees that in his arm. <laughs> and he just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> this is one of those movies, too, that really gave the satisfying villain death. And posed it really to just... did. Because we get that amazing fight scene. As though Scorpion was like, I got this. And they, like, Sub-Zero makes an ice sword and they fight with their swords. Scorpion does a crazy thing where he throws a sword over there, kicks him, so he kicks him into the sword, and then uses his chain to get the sword back into his hand. And I was like, this is blowing my mind. How am I seeing this in live action? <laughs> yeah, well, the, like, I, like I said earlier, the thing that really blew my mind is how they put the whole movie together in such Seriously. a way that looked real. God, it was so cool. And like... Sub-Zero freezing his blood and stabbing him with it and throwing him into an ice wall. And then, like, he gets knocked into the ring and Sub-Zero makes an ice clone of himself, also a thing from the game. Although the thing in the game is if you accidentally hit the ice clone, you are frozen. <laughs> but that wouldn't have made much sense. But then um, while he's fighting him, Cole shows up and then they start fighting him together and if you thought his ass was getting kicked before, boy, oh boy. Um, <laughs> and, like, they get to the point where, like, he, he takes off some of his armor so he can move faster. He's still getting the shit kicked out of him. Takes off his mask and says, for the Lin Kuei, like he did before. And he gets, like, stabbed in the chest and then, like, thrown down to the ground. And then uh, Scorpion takes off his mask and breathes hellfire onto him. And I was like... Oh my god, this is so amazing. Like, that was the moment in the movie where I was like, I don't care what did or didn't work for me. This is the greatest thing I have seen all year. <laughs> Minus maybe Godzilla fighting Kong. But still. Or how about the roar of Mechagodzilla? Yeah, still. <laughs> yeah, that, that was pretty amazing too. That was dope. Okay, for people the size of humans, that was the most amazing thing I have seen all year. <laughs> Because Scorpion also used his fire to save Cole's uh, family because it reminded him of what happened to his family. And then he disappears and Shang Tsung shows up and says, like, 
death is just another doorway and you see him drag goro and uh sub-zero's bodies with the smoke which of course is teasing the fact that sub-zero will come back as noob cybot which if you thought sub-zero was powerful fuck 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 uh (laughs) yeah and then when he's arguing with him raiden just shoots him and he disappears and he goes so annoying (laughs) but then they're like well we're gonna need new fighters because we got like less than a week until the tournament so then it teases that we're gonna get johnny cage no post credit scene, which is unfortunate, but I feel like the teaser... I felt like it's necessary. I felt like the teaser of the poster that said... You don't always... Johnny Cage on it was the te- That you, was that. You shouldn't always do a post credit scene, especially when you're off to a rocky start. Yeah. When you already have the idea, and I believe that was their idea. Yeah. Same with Kong. Mm-hmm. Godzilla versus, versus Kong. They they didn't put a post credit scene. They added they didn't in, know. Which I thought was stupid because of the, the way the post credit scene looked, but... Mm-hmm. Again, now looking back on it, if you kind of put it into context, it would have made it look more like a teaser if they would have put it at the end. Mm -hmm. But that was Mortal Kombat. Um, I really enjoyed my time. Do we have any final thoughts before we wrap up? I don't personally. The most I can say is that I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. I'm sorry if I talked a lot this episode, but I feel like that's kind of the job, isn't it? (laughs) For mine, I don't have much to say about it because I'm not a lore person. Eventually, I'll get into it, but yeah, you will. I'll make you. I'll convert you. <laughs> oh, you think you have no free time in your life now? Wait till you get into Mortal Kombat lore. But uh, what did you guys think of the movie? Let us know in the comments section. And uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we're on Anchor, Spotify, and uh, YouTube. Sorry. Um, I hope you enjoyed this little bonus episode of Film Nerds Hour. We're going to keep up our um, mindfuck month for this month. So keep an eye out for those. And uh, anything you want to say before we close? Not that I can think of, except stay tuned. We'll try to get this up as soon as yeah. we can. Rating for, rating for Mortal Kombat. Um, action, 10 out of 10. Story, 7.5. I mean, for me, as the movie as a whole, I'd say it stands at 8.8 for me. Yeah, I'll give it that. Yeah, that sounds about right for me. I Again, like I said up top, if this movie does anything, it makes me excited for the sequel. <laughs> Which they will get. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> but, so. but without further ado, he's been Noah Sweeto. And he's been the Thin Shoemaker. This has been Film Nerds Hour. Thanks See for listening. Guys. Bye guys, love you.